schools are indeed a microcosm of society, and, and you know we should ensure that schools are safe spaces for learning, where our learners could receive quality education. Uh, it means creating an overall culture of safe, healthy care, caring, and child-friendly schools. So, so, so it's a matter of great concern, and obviously, if the impact, if that is what is happening in communities, you would see it, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> rearing its ugly head in our schools, and it's something. Uh, where we should basically, as, as the debate uh, yesterday was all about, or the day before, unite in action for, for the creation of safer schools. Are, are we any clearer as to the exact statistics at school level for rape? Well, you know, it varies from province to province and school to school. So there is a collection of, of, of data in terms of, of, of that there, and certainly it is pronounced, more pronounced in certain areas and less pronounced in other areas. But it's a phenomenon that we have to deal with. So it's not only the issue of rape, but it's the issue of sexual harassment, it's the issue of gender-based violence, uh, you know, and all forms of violence against our learners. Minister, during that COP debate, uh, you said uh, that uh, the department has measures and interventions in place to deal with this scourge. Could you kindly elaborate us? Tell us about the measures and the interventions that you're referring to here. No, thank you very much, uh, Sakina. Thanks for that opportunity. You know, in terms of the curriculum itself, you know, it's across the grades. Uh, we have a subsection on gender, which includes management of gender-based violence. Uh, we've created, uh, in addition, a, a, a three teachers guideline for the prevention and management of sexual violence and harassment in public schools, and there is training of educators in, in, in this regard. We also collab- collaborate with various uh, private sectors, uh, such as MEET, uh, Swaranang, Valued Citizens, Foundation for Human Rights, etc., to provide support for schools. And then we have a value-based uh, program, you know, a social cohesion plaque platform. Uh, it's, it's, it's titled Values in Action, and it dedicates a considerable period of time to sessions on gender, sexual violence, and harassment. We've also developed a manual called Opening Our Eyes. It's for educators to assist them in addressing gender-based violence, and it really means that, you know, gender-based violence is not only about rape or attempted rape. It's all forms of sexual harassment and, and sexual violence or any form of violence uh, against our learners. Uh, we, we've developed a Prevent Violence in Schools manual, which would assist. And these are basically manuals that are made available to all our, our schools. There is also a handbook for learners specifically to, 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 uh, to enlighten them about how to prevent sexual abuse in public schools. Amongst other things, it indicates to learners, you know, that, that uh, you know, being touched in, in, inappropriately is a form of sexual harassment and violence so that learners can understand that they have a responsibility to speak out. And that's the title of the book itself, Speak Out. So you cannot be silent about it and allow that to happen. Bullying is another phenomenon in our school, and, 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 and indeed we thought it's some, something that we have to address, and we developed a resource which we've distributed to all schools called Challenge, Challenging Homophobic Bullying in Schools. And this is useful not only for schools, but for school principals, for senior management teams, and school governing bodies, and it's made available to all of them. Then we have an interesting framework which we've developed, and, and, and we've collaborated very well with the South African Police Service. We've got 15,000, more than 15,000, or thousand schools that are linked to local police stations. So there, there is a link between the police, local police station and the school where they adopt 
school as such. And there's a police presence, so if indeed the, any support is required, that could be provided to the school. Uh, you have youth dialogues that take place on this particular issues. And for the past well, more than 10 years, we have what we call a movement called GEM and BEM. GEM is a girls' education movement, and BAM is a boys' education movement. So take the boys' education movement, for example, uh, the theme under the theme, uh, am I my sister's keeper? Boys, part of the leadership of boys is to understand that we cannot condone and accept patriarchy, that we have a particular responsibility as protectors of our girl learners. Uh, and, and, you know, these, these are some of the steps that we have to take. So provincial departments obviously add on to that there, but more important and very importantly is the responsibility of communities itself. Deputy Minister of Basic Education in Vasuti, that all sounds very exciting, I must say, and perhaps something that we need to discuss at greater length. Let's speak to Lisa Vetten, a gender rights activist, about this particular matter. Lisa, thanks for speaking to us this morning. Good morning, Jacqueline, and good morning to your listeners. Thank you. Um, um, so uh, the minister has been talking there in the National Council of Provinces about what schools will be doing. And uh, from your experience as a gender activist, would you say that government is on course uh, in terms of dealing with the spate of rapes on learners? Well, there are a couple of things that they need to do, I think, in order to better coordinate processes and in particular ensure that teachers who are found guilty of rape are struck off the educator's role and are prevented from just going from one school to the next if they've ever been reported and dismissed without there ever being a record of their conduct. So I think there's a lot of processes that they could be tightening up. But what is your view in general, Elisa, about the way in which schools deal with rape incidents? They haven't always done the best they could. I mean, firstly, there's a preference for sweeping things under the carpet. And I think, you know, particularly in schools where the teacher, for example, is a very good math teacher, for example, and there is a shortage of math teachers. The, the principal may decide we'd rather keep the teacher because the teacher has valuable skills and we don't want to lose them. Sometimes the teacher is also a member of the union, and the union puts a lot more effort into protecting their member than, in fact, wondering about what's happening to the children in that um, union member's care. I think the other problem is that the Department of Basic Education and the South African Council of Educators don't always coordinate their processes. So, for example, you can have an educator reported to the Department of Basic Education, but there's no obligation to immediately also report that educator to the South African Council of Educators. So you can have a situation where the teacher first exhausts the DBE processes and appeals them, then only gets to the state processes and then appeals there as well. This could go on for a couple of years, and they could continue to be teaching in the meantime. Then I think we also have a problem that if you look at the guidelines that the department is um, released around dealing with sexual harassment and violence in schools, those are not well aligned with the Sexual Offences Act. In fact, to some extent, they um, contradict the, ca- the Act. They don't make it clear, for instance, that every form of sexual offence against a child must be reported to the police in terms of the law. They leave that very open. So I think you, can, you do end up having a situation where teachers don't always report a sexual offence against a child immediately to a learner. So I mean, that can lead to re-traumatisation. You can have a complainant telling her story to the, to the, to the school disciplinary body, to the South African Council of Church, uh, South African Council of Educators, as well as the police. And of course, that's simply re-traumatising to keep on telling that story over and over again when you really just want one process. And so, I think also, yes? No, carry on, Lisa. 
I think also um, there's just a question as to what is actually happening. That's so few. You know, we have we've seen studies that are suggesting that one in five schools are experiencing rapids. If we look at the International Council of um, Educators um, um, report for 2014-15, complaints for sexual misconduct, including rape, were reported to CES. So why are we seeing this massive gap between what's being reported by research that was actually making a great production council educated for disciplinary um, hearings and matters?